everyone, and welcome to Speaking of the Arts. My guest today is Allison Stolpa. Allison is the content manager for careersinmusic.com and its sister site, careersinfilm.com. Founded back in 2010, careersinmusic.com set off on a mission to curate and deliver truly valuable music career information sourced by trusted experts. Their aim is to provide deeper insights, reveal more piercing data, and genuinely help users gain an edge on the competition through many industry insights articles, gear and software reviews, and over 100 music career profiles. Allison's day-to-day duties include managing a staff of writers, publishing content, and interviewing industry experts. She's a graduate of the University of Westminster, London's Music Business Master's program, and has worked in music retail, college radio, and entertainment PR. A Minneapolis native, she now lives in Los Angeles with her two work-from-home assistants slash cats. Allison reached out to me to see if I'd be interested in talking about what booking agents do uh, for their website. So I told her I'd be happy to, and that I also wanted to use it as an opportunity for our listeners to learn more about careersinmusic.com. We cover booking agent basics in our conversation, as well as some of the many topics that careersinmusic.com offers. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, so I'm the, my name is Allison. I'm the content manager at careersinmusic.com, and we're an educational resource for um, like teens and young adults who want to work in music, but they maybe uh, don't know what all is out there or don't really understand like the realities of certain careers. Um, so today I'm going to be asking you some questions about what it's like to be a booking agent. I'm excited. Great. (laughs) So um, I think let us start with a really basic overview of what a booking agent does. Absolutely. So in a nutshell, uh, the booking agent is responsible for booking shows and tours. And in our case, we work with artists who also have a fair amount of educational residency work that they do with organizations. So that that is something that we're also pretty involved in. And that can mean anything from a 60 minute workshop or masterclass like at a college or university, or it could even mean the artist is there for a longer residency for like a whole week or more. And that that residency culminates in a public performance. And so, you know, there's kind of the single show, larger tours, and then those residencies that we're always focusing on. That's cool. I didn't realize that um, booking agents helped coordinate that. Yeah, I think the the easiest way to think about it is basically anything live is kind of where we come in. And we can talk more about what that means because of COVID and what that has meant uh, for the role of the booking agent with all things being virtual last year, um, because that introduced a whole new paradigm to everybody. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's really the easiest way to think about it is that it's it's the person or the people responsible for the shows and tours for the artist, the whole live aspect of the artist's career. Okay, yeah, let's uh, discuss the COVID challenge a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm happy to, and we're still, I don't think we're quite out of the woods yet with that either, um, because we have artists, we primarily book our artists in North America, but we do have a few that we book in Europe as well. Um, And so right now you and I are having this conversation in July, and July is historically a very busy month for touring in Europe. Um, and so we've got a couple artists who are on tour there right now, and uh, I'm kind of going off on a tangent because you want to talk about COVID. Oh, I know what I was going to say. 
um, I, the feedback I've been getting from those artists in Europe has been really interesting as far as the difference between doing shows in the US right now because of COVID versus doing shows in Europe because of COVID. And some of the main differences are, um, unfortunately, because the vaccine isn't as prevalent or as easy, easily accessible in Europe, it means they have very strict protocol for live shows right now in, in Europe. Like, for example, um, a big part of doing a show for an artist, obviously, it's the experience for their fans, but also after the show, they have an opportunity to connect with maybe friends or family members who came to see them backstage. Things like that that happen a lot um, right now, at least in Europe, are not able to happen because of COVID regulations. So it's a much more rigid, you know, get to the uh, site for the show and do your load in and your sound check and there's COVID testing and there's distancing and you know there's still a lot of considerations whereas here uh, the feedback I'm getting from our artists is it's a little bit more like it used to be um, yeah. a little bit more relaxed and it's funny I was just reading an article in the New York Times um, talking about how different it is even in New York City for venues that are like half a mile from each other like the experience that people have at a venue versus that venue that is so close. And it's because a lot of the instruction and protocols left up to the actual proprietors. Whereas what I'm hearing in Europe, it's still very much up to the state and the government to dictate how these live events are happening. And um, so there's some big distinctions for sure that are taking place right now. And, and I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Uh, in the next six months as we get through the summer and, and, and all that. We just, we don't know, especially with the Delta variant and everything. Yeah, that's really interesting and kind of a bummer as I feel like people are so eager to get back to seeing live music. Right. And yeah, but right. good to have whatever is available, I guess. Oh, for sure. And I mean, we are in such a better place than we were in the industry, uh, not even a year ago, like four months ago. Yeah. Uh, people's confidence level in general, you know, the, the variance aside is just so much higher. And, and at least uh, in my humble corner of the music universe, like we're seeing, we're seeing more shows being booked than we are being canceled, like far more. Great. Yeah. And 2020 was the year of cancellations. And like, luckily we are not, that's not what's happening right now. So I have every reason to be very optimistic. Great. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, could you speak about the skills that a booking agent needs to do their work? Absolutely. Um, and I would say I'm still learning them every day. <laughs> but I, you know, at the end of the day, I think uh, the way to think about it is it's a relationship business. Mm -hmm. and, and so and in my background, before I got into the um, music business side of things, I was, I was going to be a performer. I'm a drummer. So I kind of started out on that track and as a performer and everything. But there's a really good analogy for people who are performers and people I think who are behind this scene, which is that just like an artist is only good as their last show, I think a booking agent is only as good as their last booking. And so, um, you know, as far as some of the skills, it's, it's really not that complicated. Certainly a high level of organization, certainly a good deal of, um, you know, being very personable and everything, but also just making sure you're not treating rela business relationships transactionally, even though it of course is a business. Um, because it's a very small world and our best chances of success for our artists are entirely dependent on the relationships we have with promoters and venues and arts organizations and uh, your reputation spreads really quickly and so um, 
you know, I think I think if there's one positive thing from COVID that came about is that the whole industry, the live industry, really took a step back and realized everybody's success is is contingent on everybody's success, and it is a total domino effect. And so, um, yeah, I mean, again, just some basic skills, just how you manage uh, relationships, how you build new relationships, how you uh, not only come across yourself, but also how you're how you're trying to uh, sell your artists to somebody or to an organization, right? All those things really come into play. Um, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, at the end of the day, it is really about just managing successful relationships as long as possible, thinking as long-term as possible, and also being extremely organized. Um, because whether you're representing 10 artists or 50 artists, you have to have a high level organization to manage all of their schedules and calendars and everything. Um, so I don't know if that kind of answers the question, but. No, that's great. Um, I was also wondering if you could discuss the kind of education that you think would be helpful for a booking agent, whether that's like a college major or like hands-on education. Sure. Um, yeah, because obviously you can't major in that as a career. Right. Uh, but now, you know, one thing I'm thinking of now to your previous question as far as the skills is like persistence for sure is a major key, key uh, traits to have or to be able to develop. And one of my mentors always likes to say, no doesn't mean no, it just means not now. And you have to constantly remind yourself that even though you might not be getting a response from somebody, in my case, for a booking, it doesn't mean they're not interested. It just, for whatever reason, means it's not the right time. So sometimes it's as simple as if you call them at 10 o'clock in the morning and then you call them at um, one o'clock in the afternoon, it's that simple. You got them on the phone, right? But also um, sometimes it's even more than that. Like I can think of lots of examples where I was trying to book an artist with an organization for years, two years, three years, four years. And finally the booking happens and they want to present the artist. And again, it's not because at the onset um, they didn't necessarily like the artist. It's because for them, it wasn't the right time. So um, to answer your question, like what skills as like could somebody have in, in school, uh, this idea of persistence, I think is really important. And I, I would think too that there was some sort of transferable set of skills for me as a, a music student. And as far as being persistent and practicing, being persistent and trying to book my own gigs, stuff like that, um, definitely carried through. Absolutely. Yeah, I can see that. Um, kind of going back to the education thing, um, if someone is in college, are there specific classes that you would recommend that they take? Hmm, that's a good question because I know lots of booking agents that have no traditional music background, right? Like they don't necessarily yeah. play an instrument. They, they, they were certainly passionate about music, but they weren't necessarily going to be a musician. Um, so yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I think, I think the key, the, or the, the similar characteristic that I see across the board, whether regardless of people's backgrounds, is they're very passionate about the music or the artists that they represent. And, um, they're, they're, and I guess the other thing too is from a business standpoint, like you definitely have to be interested in sales. Mm. But for me, I can't imagine, like I had a job in college, I was a telemarketer. And I guess I learned some skills in that, like, yes, being persistent, learning how to speak clearly on the phone, all those things, they were certainly beneficial, but I can't imagine making my living trying to sell something that I didn't really care about. 
And I've had experiences um, in the past where I used to work at a larger agency where I was responsible for booking artists that I personally did, I wasn't that moved by, I wasn't that passionate about. Mm. Um, and I always found that really challenging. And I, but on the other hand, I know lots of booking agents who just, that artist might not be his or her preference, but they're still able to do it, right? So they're still successful in that respect. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's really hard for me to think about like what classes would somebody take to be a successful salesperson? Because even regardless of industry, I don't really know how many classes like that are offered. Like I'm trying to think of business students or anything like that. I don't know if, if like sales 101 is even a class. I mean, maybe it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe something like communication or music business. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing that's very helpful too, though, um, is thinking entrepreneurially. And I know more and more uh, music education or, or certainly music undergraduate uh, degrees are offering entrepreneurship courses in music and, and in music business. And that's very helpful too, because um, musicians are obviously entrepreneurs in, you know, in their own right. But I think booking agents and really anybody in the music industry has to think entrepreneurially just because it changes all the time. And it's constantly changing. And whether we're talking about how do you navigate the challenges of the pandemic or how do you uh, take advantages of the opportunity of new technology, there's always this reinvention that's happening constantly. And that can be hard to keep up with. But I think any opportunity to take any sort of entrepreneurship class or, or learn from other entrepreneurs would be totally valuable. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I wish that that would have been an option when I was in school. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, hmm. I think uh, speaking of being entrepreneurial, how do booking agents make money? Well, plain and simple, it's on commission. Yeah. So, so agencies have different agreements. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like, you book a, a solid tour that does well for someone, and then you do well as, all, as well. Yeah, the agreement is with the artist, right? Okay. So, uh, there's a percentage earned on the artist's fee. So obviously everybody wants to get a high artist fee up front because the artist wants that because that's money in their pocket guaranteed. And the booking agent wants that because um, that's also money in their pocket guaranteed assuming the show happens. But uh, just to provide some contrast, there's many different types of booking deals for shows mm -hmm. that happen. I just talked about something called a guarantee, but you could have the opposite end of that, which is no guarantee, which means there's a percentage of the ticket sales that are negotiated for the artist. So you might have a situation where the venue says, well, we've never heard of this artist, but if, they, if he or she really wants to play here, we'll let them play for 70 or 80% of the door. So they get 80% of the ticket sales, the venue keeps 20% of the ticket sales, the booking agent, whatever that final number of ticket sales is in dollar amount, would get a percentage of that number. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, there's um, lots of different types of deals that happen. Okay. So if somebody is uh, reading my article or ends up listening to your podcast and they think this sounds really cool, I would love to be kind of involved in that field. Um, how, how difficult is it to become a booking agent? Great question. And right now, meaning, you know, post, well, we're still in the pandemic, but 2021, summer 2021, I don't know what the opportunities are quite like as they would have been a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Although I have to imagine the process is very similar to what it was then. And so from my own experience, I offered to just 
I, I, I wanted to, I, when I realized I wanted to do this, um, I offered to, or I wanted to be an intern at a larger agency. And so I kind of like, you know, was persistent just to be able to do that and, and be an intern there. And I happened to be in the right place at the right time and somebody had left and then I got to uh, start answering the phones and then I got to like work my way up a little bit and slowly over, you know, over time got to get more and more experience. So if somebody is interested in being a booking agent, my advice would be check out, um, do some research and figure out what, what booking agencies are out there. And there's lots, there's thousands. <laughs> and yeah. figure out like, okay, there's lots of booking agencies, but which agencies represent artists that I really like? And then knock on their door, right? Or email them and see if they are taking interns. And my advice too would be, even if, they're, even if the response right now is um, we're not accepting interns, that I, I would figure out how to still network with the people that work there and, and figure out a way to, I mean, you, you, you don't want to be obnoxious, but at the same time, just to like make an introduction so these people know you are very interested and hungry to help them. And maybe that means starting in roles that you may not ultimately like. Um, for example, and this, we can get into this a little bit too, but it's not uncommon for booking agencies to also be management agencies. Okay. It can happen under the same house. You can represent artists for management and you can represent artists for booking. So maybe there's opportunity to do one or the other um, before you have an opportunity to do what you really like. You know, like for me, there, it, was, it was years before I had an opportunity to get booking experience. I did not know that. That is, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, well, that was my last question for you. So do you have anything else that you think kind of aspiring booking agents should know about? Yeah, I think it is important to make the distinction between a artist manager and a booking agent because they oh, are yeah. very different. Yeah. Um, and so again, we talked about a booking agent is responsible for trying to book shows and tours and other live performance opportunities. But a manager is really responsible for everything because if an artist has a manager, so for example, the artists that I work with, some of them have managers, some of them don't. The, the artists that have managers, we are only interacting with the manager. We never really have a chance to interact directly with the artist. So the manager has to simultaneously work with the record label if there is one, work with the booking agency if there is one, facilitate marketing, facilitate travel and logistics. It's just, it's a whole 360 uh, CEO type of position. And some people love that. And that's what they want to do for the artist. And I was lucky to have experience in artist management before I realized I was more interested as, uh, in booking. And that was good because on the one hand, I, I realized what I didn't want to do. But on the other, more importantly, I, I, I got to experience and see firsthand what it really takes to have like world-class artist management. Because there's lots of people that masquerade as artist managers and sadly don't do a great job for them. And I'm sure if you were to interview an artist manager, he or she would say there's lots of booking agents that don't do a good job for the artist. <laughs> so um, that kind of goes back to this whole thing being a relationship business, because yeah, we're not just managing relationships with promoters and venues, we're managing lots of relationships with artist managers too. Hmm, cool. Yeah, so um, well, that was my last question. So thank you so much yeah, for that. Absolutely. Um, great. Well, hopefully, I was able to shed some light on some of these things. And I'd be happy to talk to anybody who comes across our conversation, and they can reach me at um, just our website, epsteinco.com, and there's contact information there. But um, yeah, so I was hoping to, Allison, have you talk a little bit more in general about 
careersinmusic.com um, because I'm kind of embarrassed to say I wasn't really familiar with it until you reached out to me. And after I had a chance to check it out, I was very impressed by the sheer amount of content that the organization has for people who want to have a career in music. All the interviews I was seeing, all the different topics and everything. So how do you describe what the organization is and who's, it, who's its main audience? Yeah, well, thank you so much for saying that. Um, so careersinmusic.com is an educational resource for people who want careers in music. Um, our biggest readership is teens, um, young adults, so like mid-20s. Um, we do have older and younger as well, but a lot of people visit our site because they want to learn things like how to become a booking agent or um, how to write your EPK if you're just starting out with your band or um, like great music composition college programs if you're like beginning your college search. Sure, uh, sure. And what we like to do is interview people who are working in the field. So a lot of our content is in their own words just to kind of show people that like, this isn't just a theoretical thing. These people are actually doing this. If this is your dream, you can do it too if you put in hard work. Um, and I'm the content manager there. So I work with a team of writers um, and people who kind of coordinate interviews. And fun fact, we have a sister site called careersinfilm.com, which is kind of the same purview. Oh, very neat. How long have you worked there? I have worked there for, I don't know, I should know the answer to this. <laughs> I'd say probably about six years. Oh, great. Yeah. And I'm pretty much always in the role of content manager? Yeah, my role has evolved a little bit uh, over time. Like when I started, I was mainly just doing interviews and doing some of the social media. And then as the site grew, so did my role. So now I'm kind of the person who is managing all the writers and um, editing their work and stuff. Oh, great, okay. So, um, so I think the easiest thing for people to do would be to check out the website, careersinmusic.com uh, to really get a sense of the, um, value that it can add to anybody. I mean, really, you know, whether we're talking about an aspiring, like a music student or somebody who wants to be a professional musician or somebody who wants to work in the industry, it really seems to offer something for everybody. Um, I guess I was wondering, aside from all the content that's on there, are there ever any live careers in music.com uh, events that take place? Like, do you guys ever do anything like that to sort of generate more interest or awareness or, or anything like that? We haven't done anything recently. It's something that we have discussed because I know that there's people, at least on the team, who are interested in kind of, you know, um, I guess I won't name examples since they're not happening currently. Sure. But there are like, you know, we've got, um, we've got um, journalists and we have professors on our staff and then on the sister site, Careers in Film, we have filmmakers. So I know there's definitely people that would love to kind of get stuff into cyberspace or like in real life space, but right. we don't have anything at the moment. Right now we're just kind of focusing on our core mission of um, being, being your internet resource. Yeah, I really wish I had known about it about the website um, as a music student too, because you guys are offering so much that unfortunately just isn't offered in the traditional 
music student uh, college tract. And that's, that's unfortunate for the students. Um, but I noticed there are some partnerships that you guys have with some of the major music schools, like I saw Berkeley was listed. Um, is that something you, that you guys are actively trying to do, like create more partnerships? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like I said, that would have been so beneficial if I had known about that as a student. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this had existed when I was a student because I knew I wanted to work in music, but like I think a lot of our readers, I didn't really know what was out there. I started working at my college radio station and it was like a year of being there. And there was like, wait, people get paid to do this. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of knew of a few different careers and then I did a music business masters and learned more, but I feel like I would have been better set up to right. kind of pursue things and really know what I wanted and what the options were if there had been something like this back then. Sure, yeah. What are some of the more common questions you guys get asked uh, from people who come to the site? Um, we get asked a lot about um, kind of like people who, there's like a few main things, like people will ask us a lot about like colleges or like, is this a good school? Um, and we will get asked things about um, like starting a career as a performer, um, songwriting, um, like how do I get my songs to people? Uh, how do I get a record deal? Um, kind of a lot of kind of entry level questions, um, but, but the answers just are not out there in a reliable format, I find. Yeah. Yeah, there is a fair amount of mystery to the music industry. Yeah, there is. <laughs> you know? And someone who's worked in it for almost 15 years now, I would say there's still a fair amount of mystery <laughs> in it. And that, that doesn't seem to go away. Yeah, um, I, I hope we're doing a small bit to dispel some of that mystery. Um, yeah. Because it is super hard and you can Google all kinds of stuff. And I think a lot of the times you'll get reliable results, but sometimes you'll just get random stuff from random people. And it's like, well, that's not actually accurate. So. Right. Yeah, I thought of something um, while you were talking that you we, we kind of alluded to at the beginning of our conversation that's worth mentioning. But so the question I get a lot, I get asked a lot is from an artist, um, how do I, like, when is it time for me to have a booking agent? Or, you know, which is kind of in that, how do I find a booking agent? But there's that, yeah. like, okay, I want a booking agent. Like, is it time for me to have one? Or how do I go about getting one? All sort of similar questions. And uh, the thing I've started to realize, um, so, so in a nutshell, like, if the artist is at a point where they're definitely building a big following and, like, it's starting to happen, that, that's a sure sign that you should probably have someone helping you manage your touring career. But... Before that, like when, when, the, when you, know, you don't really have the fan base, something that I've started to tell people that I think is really valuable is before you worry about a booking agent or even before you worry about a, a manager, you should have somebody helping you with your marketing, like big time. You should be in, you should, I think it's a better use of money, of your money to have someone who has really good marketing, marketing experience and content creation experience than it is for you to worry about paying a manager or a booking agent. And the reason is, is because with everything being digital and it's so easy to find music online and watch video, music videos online, that's always somebody's first impression of you as the artist. And mm -hmm. so like, if the quality is bad, like don't even worry about what the art form is, but like if just pure and plain and simple, the quality is bad, that will turn off a lot of 
booking agents and a lot of um, artist managers, and probably I would imagine a lot of promoters too, right? Because what does that say about the artist that they're not willing to invest in their art form at this stage? What is that going to look like on the stage in front of a hundred or ten thousand or fifteen thousand people? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think and I would say like you would never book an Airbnb whose photos for the location were just atrocious. <laughs> you would never do that, and I think the same is absolutely true for um, artists, right? And it's so it's no surprise that something that has a great you know like I can't think of a specific example, but like if it's a really great catchy song and the uh, quality is really great, right? Then it's no surprise that it goes viral. But it does start with like there's so many things psychologically that happen in the first I would get I would venture to say five ten seconds of seeing something where you've made all of these split decisions split you know second decisions about the quality of it and do I like it and all of your biases come into play so it's just I think it's so much more valuable for someone to invest in someone who really knows uh, social media platforms and really knows video creation and editing and all of that, then like, don't even worry about a booking agent or, or um, artist manager. Yeah. I just I want to make sure I made that point because I think that's lost on a lot of people. Totally. And I mean, you can reach your own fan base that way even more so um, and grow that. And then you have more people who will come see you when you exactly. get to the point where you need a booking agent. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have any other questions um, about music, uh, careers in music. Did you have any other questions for me? That was it. Uh, I hope my loud downtown noises were- I didn't hear anything. Okay, great. Cause I- I keep hoping that we're gonna see some FedEx person deliver a couch or whatever you said was gonna happen, but I don't see anything happening. <laughs> it's very mysterious. It was supposed to be delivered Sunday. And then I called and I was like, uh, is there a time window? And they're like, yes, Tuesday. <laughs> and Anytime. They Tuesday. said 11 to one. And the website was like, we'll leave it outside your door. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like this is a, an apartment building. Right. <laughs> Please do not leave it outside. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, all right, well, if you're good, then I'm good. Yeah, thank you so much. This was super fun. I actually wanted to be a booking agent when I was like just out of college. So it's really cool to hear about this from you. Never too late to start. <laughs> I know. I like, I was thinking about it today and I was like, why did I not pursue that? And I, I think I just wanted that like entry level gig in the city I lived in, which is Minneapolis. And there just wasn't a lot of opportunities. And by the time I moved to Los Angeles, I was like, thinking about the next thing, so. Yeah, can I ask, how did you initially find me? Um, just um, kind of like looking online with, I work with a researcher. And so we were like talking about jazz artists. And um, I think, um, I can't remember who suggested it, but I saw Maria Schneider on your website. And yeah. maybe I know her from Minnesota, I'm not sure. You're from Minnesota, yep. Yeah, <laughs> familiar. Like I don't know her, but I know of her. Sure. And I saw uh, Fred Hirsch on there as well. So yeah, thought you had some cool people. Well, thank you. Yeah, we like to think so. <laughs>